God, thank you so much just for uh, even the opportunity just to have this platform. Thank you so much just for the ways that you have gifted Aaron and I, the ways that you have called Aaron and I. And we just continue each day to surrender to that call. As we go into this podcast, God, to just share our testimony, we pray that you would go ahead of us, softening the hearts of the hearers. We pray that you would word our mouths so that we can speak to those parts of our testimony that you know are going to fall on the ears that need to hear that so that they can be drawn back to repentance towards you. Give us clarity of heart and mind and be with us. Your Holy Spirit is welcome here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. We are Shell and Aaron Odom, founders of A Radical Relationship. Our testimony is one of redemption from divorce, addiction, and witchcraft. Here at A Radical Relationship, our mission is to empower men and women to go deeper in their relationship with God, self, others, and their calling through self-examination first. Let's get into it. All right, so we are back with episode two of the A Radical Relationship Podcast. Episode two. If you are watching this on YouTube, if this made it to YouTube, we don't know yet. We're experimenting with the video portion. We're cozy. We're comfy. Different location than our usual atmosphere on YouTube recording this podcast. So... I feel like I'm having to do too much. Usually I'm just focused at looking at the lens of the camera. Now it's like I got to do that. I got to focus on speaking into the microphone. Got to look you at You actually notes. don't really got to focus on the camera. It's a new dynamic. Okay. Yeah, new yeah. dynamic. So in episode one, we wanted to start off the podcast by introducing you all to our ministry, A Radical Relationship. And in this episode, episode two, we wanted to talk a little bit about the man and woman behind a radical relationship. So we are going to spend some time talking through our testimonies. We have shared it previously on our YouTube channel. And so there's a version of these testimonies that you can check out there. But want to reshare for the podcast community because we do have updates. Well, Aaron specifically has some pretty important <laughs> pretty significant updates so excited to share those so babe I would say let's you know dive right in okay period <laughs> takes a sip of water first yes <laughs> my voice is already raspy enough as it is same so. and I don't have the same reason that my voice is raspy as Aaron, so it's a problem. Aaron just got a nice manly voice. Me, throat sore. So does that mean you want me to start? Yep. Okay. So I'd like to start off with, uh, you know, reading God, God's word. Revelation twelve eleven says, They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. I think this verse, man, is so powerful, and it truly allows us to understand the power of our testimonies, um, the weight they carry. You know, it's by God's grace and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that I'm able to live in freedom today. So praise Jesus. I'm so grateful that God works out all things for the good. 
if I had not gone through everything that I went through down to the specifics, down to the T, I wouldn't be able to truly identify what God had brought me out of. The testimony I'm about to share with you is a little different um, than the one I tell most people. You know, the Lord recently brought up some uncomfortable parts of my past um, that I believe he wants me to start talking about. Um, just brought them to my attention. And, you know, my wife says that if I don't fully dive into my testimony, then how am I truly overcoming? Yeah. Amen. Amen, babe. I Amen. see that. I see that. So most of you know I grew up Christian. Um, we began at the Methodist Church, later moved to the Lutheran Church, where I began to go through confirmation, learning about the Bible. Uh, we went to church on Sundays. I always claimed to be a Christian, but I wasn't truly living for God. And to be quite honest, I didn't want to. I was never never able to connect with the kids in my church. And I saw following Jesus being this thing that was boring and taking the fun from everything. I didn't want to give up my rebellious way of living. Um, to be quite honest, you know, I didn't, I, I wanted to part, I was a partier. I wanted to, I wanted to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And I, I wanted to be reckless and have fun. Um, Pretty much um, leading up to a lot of the destruction um, and downward spiral of my life, you know, um, I suffered the loss of my grandma, uh, my junior year of college, beginning that semester in, around August. Um, my best friend committed suicide about a, the week before my birthday, uh, around September, October. Um, and on, on that day, the same day, I got kicked out of my fraternity. Um, as pledge class president, that was a, that was a hard day for me right there. Um, it would also be one of the first, uh, times I went to jail that same day. Um, I just lost it, you know, and then Christmas Eve, uh, one of my other best friends, who was like a sister to me, um, tragic car wreck. Um, she passed away, you know, after this began, I just, I began to drink more and more, um, was already smoking, so now I was just smoking belligerently, um, getting into fights, in and out of jail, you know, it seemed as though the world around me was continuing, um, without me, and I was just stuck in the same spot, um, so eventually, you know, I decided to try to get a fresh start, I uh, signed up for online classes that semester at MTSU, <laughs> got my refund check, bought me a a nice little red-nosed pit bull named Brawley, and headed on out. Went down to Miami, Florida. Um, my buddy said I could stay with him. Um, and, you know, that was the beginning of being exposed to some really dark stuff spiritually. Uh, my buddy I was living with, you know, at the time, he's Cuban, and he practiced Santeria. Um, for many of you that don't know, it's a mixture of Catholic beliefs and African folklore, characterized by rituals and idolistic worship. Um, it was very demonic, self-centered, and power-seeking. But I'm thankful that God brought this to my attention, not knowing that I would later be seeking wealth and power in the wrong places, hanging out with the wrong people, seeking purpose and worth in all the wrong places. <clears throat> and I think, you know, when we're hurting, it's easy for us to do that. You know, I think one of the main things that 
led me to that was all those traumatic losses I suffered, you know, I just, I was angry at God, um, you know, and I was just seeking happiness in all the wrong places. Um, I came back home after almost six months, nothing had changed. I was still angry at the world and it was much easier to blame everyone else, especially my family, than to take responsibility of my own actions and to actually take control of my own life. About a year um, prior to Teen Challenge, you know, I began searching everywhere and anywhere other than God. Um, mainly, I was into a lot of just spirituality, spiritual things that weren't necessarily, they wouldn't identify as, you know, satanic, but definitely was. I think a lot of people who are involved with spiritual things, they don't identify as being um, worshipers of Satan, but clearly, you know, it's, it's satanic. Um, one of my closest friends, he'd influenced me, um, you know, my best friends, uh, and he brought me into the world of a cult. This is very real and it's also very evil. And it's also, it's pretty scary. Um, if you, once you let it get, get a hold of you, you know, it, it destroyed my life. Um, in the Bible, you know, a word used for witchcraft and sorcery, in the Greek is pharmakia, which refers to the use of drugs. If you've ever seen someone, you know, methed out on heroin or crack, um, then you know, you know, they're in, that they're influenced, they're under demonic influence. Um, and you, should, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, a lot of people don't understand, but man, it's, it's a dark, a dark place to be. Um, it's a common practice to use drugs to open up connection with the spiritual realm. And then you're able to see demons masquerading around as angels and twisting the truth into lies, given illusions of spiritual gifts, um, such as prophetic word, you know, demonic prophecy, demonic tongues, um, causing a craving for more, but never paying out anything in return. Even though all through all this, God continued to direct me to the Bible. You know, I would catch myself saying prayers out loud in Jesus' name in certain situations. And I was then able to see that I was literally in a war. And that was my protection. God. He never left me, and I'm so thankful. Even while at my grandmother's house, as I was young growing up, you know, I realized I was being led astray. Um... And not even knowing it, you know, I know that my grandma loved God, but I also know that, uh, you know, she was into horoscopes and psychics and crystals, etc. I'm thankful that God has allowed me to see all this evil that's so prevalent in the world so that I can break this generational curse and make a shift from religion to relationship. Um, that's what, man, that right there is a big one for me. Uh, what really changed my life you know it's funny because one of the last things I got in trouble for actually <laughs> was stealing a bible from my grandma's house from my grandpa um I got a robbery charge but you know it makes sense to me now because the enemy didn't want me to have that bible um but you know he can't outsmart God yeah. and you know I, I ask I like referring to the story of Jonah and the whale you know, like, what's your whale? Mine was jail. Jail. <laughs> you know, God used jail to get me out of a bad place. 
you know, even while I was at Teen Challenge, I'd still meet people um, who talked about wanting to do um, things, quoting, you know, go all going back to God, you know, through prayer and stuff, but adding, you know, shrooms to enhance uh, your spiritual experience. And, you know, during that time, it all made sense. Um, I didn't necessarily come against it. I wasn't opposed to it, but, you know, it's a lie of the enemy. You know, witchcraft and sorcery, it's, man, it's everywhere in today's world. But there are ways that we can battle against the enemy and demons and evil forces um, in heavenly realms. You know, God's power is the ultimate power. My friend said it's like bringing a BB gun to a bomb fight, witchcraft compared to God. God wants us to sacrifice, but in return... You know, he showers us with his love, with his grace, with his mercy, and with blessings. You know, it's through our knowledge of the Bible, righteous living, worship, and prayer that we're able to battle these evil forces and spread the knowledge and the love of God. I spent about six months in jail the last time. It was the longest I'd ever served, and also a wake-up call for me that I needed to change the way I was living. I needed to do something different. In jail, I joined a Bible study group. When I got out, I was blessed with the opportunity to come to Memphis Teen Challenge. It's where my life would forever be changed. In November of 2020, I remember I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. But more importantly, I made the decision to make Him Lord of my life. I knew that I had to do something different. I couldn't keep living the way I was. And it was in this program where I finally learned what it meant to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Because for the longest time, I thought, you know, God was talking to everybody but me. And it, it made me very angry. But through this program, I was able to learn how God talks um, and really grow in relationship with him. While at Teen Challenge, I had the opportunity to go on a mission trip to go to Indian Youth Camp in Montana. Man, it's so beautiful up there, but it was also an amazing beautiful experience it was here that i heard the calling of god to ministry to give back to others what god had given me and it was then that i made the decision and the dedication to stay on his staff at adult teen challenge for another year it was towards the end of the program uh, that i met my wife wonderful shell shell odom over here Um, at Pioneer Church in Memphis. You know, one of my favorite classes um, while I was in Teen Challenge was relationship goals. And I began to pray for my wife, and I became hungry to have a righteous Christian relationship for the first time. And God blessed me with that. An amazing woman of God who I now work alongside doing ministry full-time. Our love story is a God story. And I was in Memphis healing from my lifestyle choices. Or while, I'm sorry, while I was in Memphis healing from my lifestyle choices, my wife, Shell, she also moved to Memphis to recover from a previous divorce. And God brought us together with perfect timing. It's such a blessing. Um, last night we were talking about being interracially married 
how we're breaking just by being interracially married we're breaking generational curses renouncing the ways of the world and being the first that I know of in my family to go into ministry I left ATC in August to get married in October Uh, we bought a house right before we got married Uh, I'm currently in the process of becoming an AOG certified minister and I just love that I've been blessed with a wife that I can do ministry with. Um, you know, the road hasn't been easy. It's been filled with a lot of discouragement. But my reliance on the Lord and putting my faith in Him is what not only has got me through this, um, but it showed me that God desires more for me than I desire for myself. Um, you know, after we got married, it was it was discouraging trying to find a job, but... God used that to encourage me, like, hey, there's some things you got to work out. You know, get in, uh, I got 10 things expunged off my record. I found out I had a background check a mile long. Um, so now I got all that stuff cleaned up, um, ready for, you know, preparing me for the future. But also, had I not been in those situations, I wouldn't have been seeking this in- internship wholeheartedly which i'm now doing and man it's great it's been amazing um me and shell are preparing to go our first missions trip together in ecuador um just god is doing so many great things and i'm i'm so thankful for where he brought me from and where he's taken me to now it's your turn babe (laughs) that's aaron odom folks that me that me (laughs) <laughs> yeah, when we had talked about um, just his testimony previously, none of it encompassed just what he had dealt with around witchcraft and spirituality and things of that nature. But the more I think that he thought about it, the more that it was like, man, that's probably much more a part of my testimony than some of the other titles that I accept just because of the program that I went through. <laughs> So it was cool kind of seeing the route that God used to bring that about. For me, um, I am originally from Fayette County, Tennessee. So that's right outside of Memphis, Tennessee. If you're not from Memphis, I tell you I'm from Memphis. If you're from Memphis, I tell you I'm from Fayette County because Memphis natives be a little icky about that type of stuff. I grew up Christian, only child to my mom and stepdad, who's my dad in my life. He and my mom had been married um, since, since I was a little girl all of my life, basically. Um, yeah, grew up in just with a very Christian foundation, not by way of my parents, because they were never super involved in church for different personal reasons of theirs. But my grandmother um, was heavily involved in the church and um, I was kind of always right behind her everywhere that she went was super attached to her. And so grew up knowing the Bible in many different ways and in church culture. But I always say that um, Jesus didn't really become Lord of my life until 2014. I graduated college. I had been in impure relationships all throughout college. I uh, had crossed AKA. And so a lot of the stuff that came with that was a party scene and what you would expect, you know, going through college. And um, but graduating college just felt like, man, 
I don't think I'm being authentic to myself. Like this isn't who I was raised to be. I know better. Basically, you ever talk to your grandma or your mom and they like, you know better. I taught you better. They taught me better. And after college, I was just like I graduated college early. And so I think even part of that was like, man, so that's it. Like all my life, I had just looked forward to college and now it was over. So I'm like, okay, what's the rest of my life supposed to entail And so that's when I started seeking God again, getting back to my roots in a sense, doing devotionals, getting back to journaling and just asking God to really make himself real to me. I saw women on social media that really seemed like they had a real relationship with God. And I was like, I don't think I'm close to God like they seem close to God. And so if you are somebody out there looking at somebody saying, I don't think I seem as close to God as they seem. That's probably a good indicator that you're not. (laughs) It's not to say that anybody's doing so much better than you are, but call a spade a spade. If they appear or seem to have just more devotion to God and how they carry themselves, then they probably do have more devotion to God. So you you may stand to learn something from, from them, and that's not condemning. That's just really God moving you towards seeking him because that's what it was for me. And so I moved to Richmond, Virginia. I had a new job right out of school with Cigna Healthcare, was in sales. And um, I was excited about the move because I was excited about the new start. I was like, man, I get to go to this new city. Don't know anybody in the city, never even been to the city. And so I get to start over. And in my mind, I'm saying I get to be the person that I know that I truly am. And so I moved there and God was so gracious in that literally before I even moved into my apartment, I was there visiting one weekend before moving there and being the person that I am. I saw a couple of girls with their Bibles out in Panera Bread together. And I was like, man, I'm gonna just go up and introduce myself because I got to make new friends here and they got their Bibles out. So like, that's a really good sign that those are the kind of friends that I need to make. And so I go up and I introduce myself. I let them know that I'm new to the city. I'm just trying to meet new people. And um, they're very warm, very welcoming and invite me to study the Bible. And so in doing that, I will say I didn't know exactly what I was getting myself into because, you know, you think Bible study, you you show up and it's going to be some talking and y'all going to look at scripture, but it's going to be for everybody. Well, this wasn't for everybody. This was just for me. <laughs> which is what they didn't tell me. Okay. But, um, so I was caught off guard by that if I'm being honest, but I would just keep praying through it. Like, man, God, if this is you, like this feels a little weird, feels a little cultish. I don't know what I'm getting myself into here. These are strangers. Am I tripping? But I kept praying like, if this is not it, then like show me something obvious. And until you do, I'm gonna keep going back because like, I mean, it's real from what I can tell. It's just a little odd and awkward. And so I kept going back and I remember the Bible study where uh, we really looked at what the Bible has to say about sin and what the Bible truly has to say about being a disciple. And those were studies that wrecked me because when I compared my life to the Bible, although by the world standards, I was a good girl, like I had graduated school with all of these honors. I had made good grades. I was in a sorority. I was doing well for myself with this job out of school. All these things that I could check off the box from the world's perspective. But when I compare my life to the Bible, I was missing the mark by far. 
And so that just wrecked me that like, man, I don't know if I can actually say that I'm going to heaven based on how I'm living my life. Like, I don't know that I can say that I feel secure that I'm actually going to heaven based on how I'm living my life. And so because of that, um, my my eyes being opened and being sobered up in that way, I made the decision to get rebaptized in 2014 because that was the moment that I felt like I truly made Jesus Lord with sober judgment. I had been baptized before as part of church culture that I grew up in, but not knowing what it truly meant to be a disciple. I hadn't counted the cost and I didn't really know what I was signing up for for a lifetime. I didn't know the work (laughs) that I was committing to. And this time, even before getting baptized, I was talking to the women like, yo, let me think about this because I know that if I say yes, I'm in for the rest of my life. Made the decision to get rebaptized in November of 2014. Shortly after that, in 2015, got involved in a dating relationship, uh, got married in 2016 and by July of 2020 was divorced and we can talk about some of the lessons learned in other podcasts and um, I've talked about it very openly on my YouTube channel as well so you can go check out some of those and so Jesus was Lord of my life all throughout that but uh, through that divorce process I really learned um, intimacy with God and relationship with God in a way that I haven't because Up until that time, I knew how to check all the boxes. And when I found myself getting a divorce, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, I checked all the boxes that I knew to check. How do I fix this? And I couldn't. And I think that's the sweet spot that God wanted me in. Like, you don't control this one. (laughs) You don't get to determine the outcome. You ain't got nothing to do with this. And even your trusted advisors vary in what they feel and think about this situation. So I I didn't have any concrete like box to check about what to do. And so the only thing that I could do was just seek God more for the answers that I was looking for. And so really just found myself encompassing just such a, a joy in Jesus that I never had despite my circumstances. I was going through a divorce. My parents were going through a divorce. I had a brother that was shot and killed during that time. And it was like, if you looked at the events that were going on, you would think that like, man, she should not have joy. Like she should, she going through it. But in, in just sitting and communing with God, he just started to reveal so many things about myself, codependent ways that I had, ways that I needed to remove people that I had made idols in my life, ways that I needed to remove myself as the idol in other people's lives. And I just got free. I just got free. And so Jesus had been Lord. But I think this is when I truly learned real relationship, though, and and started to part from my legalistic ways. And so as Aaron mentioned, I moved back home in um, 2020. And um, through that took a year to really just kind of ground myself, just spend time with God. Things were still shut down a little bit. So I, I had an excuse to be inside the house. I was working from home. So everything just, it was the perfect setup to just be able to, to heal and commune with God. So I kind of popped back out, um, in 2021, September, October, and was looking for a new church home here in Memphis. And that's when the story kind of catches up to today where Aaron and I meet October, 2021, We may tell our full story in another capacity. It's also on our YouTube channel. But for me, it was a moment where I looked at Aaron and immediately knew that like he was the one 
literally did not know his name yet but like just when our eyes locked there was just something in me that was just like that's him um and uh, of course continue to let that process play out and as you can see it played out she told me it was uh the tatted arms in worship tatted arms lifted lifted in in worship worship. yeah i walked into the church and there was like all of these men there that were part of his program so a part of me was like hold up what kind of church am i visiting like they weren't (laughs) here the last time i was here who are all these men and it's crazy because that was the very first time we had gone to that church like something it was it wasn't like a regular day i remember something happened that uh, we lost a driver or something like crazy that rerouted us that day and brought us to that church like such a god thing right there yeah 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 and so that process continued to play out and through our dating relationship and through that relationship but also in so many other ways that we'll have to talk about in another episode so that this one wasn't too long god was just redeeming like it was just crazy the way that things in the spiritual started to align in the natural as well and so um Yeah, we met and God continued to prove faithful through the dating relationship. And so um, ended up getting married within the year that we had met. Um, Yeah. And things have just been up since then. It's crazy, too, because it was my first time to that church. It was your second time. And I was sitting over there trying to convince you to make it your home church. Yeah, right. Not even knowing if I would even have another opportunity to come back. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I was like, this is the best church. You don't even go here. He wanted to to see your girl. Okay. He was like, listen. You need to become a member right now. (laughs) He wasn't even a member. (laughs) (laughs) For real. Yeah. And so, um that that that's the backstory there there's so many different avenues that we can take and expanding on different parts of that and I'm sure that that's going to come uh part of what we're going to be doing in this podcast is each episode exploring the four pillars of our ministry which is relationship with God self others and your calling and so all of this is just about our relationship with God and what the journey to repentance and making Jesus Lord has looked like and so hopefully um, something resonates with you, uh, for the men and women out there. Uh, hopefully you can see a little bit of yourself in some part of our story. And if you are, um, seeking God, if you are someone who feels like you have been ignoring his knock on your heart, we invite you, um, to just open that door, man. There are so many, so many things, so many things that we went through that, Aaron likes to say that like he feels like he had to go through everything he went through and I can see that because he he got a little bit of a hard head but sometimes life don't have to be as complicated or as hard as it is if you just surrender yeah I mean that's true too for like you know how we met um God just removed obstacles and made it like super clear um like hey this is your wife right here yeah hey this this is it um i remember even after that um as soon as i graduated the program um i was supposed to be driving all the students you know to their regular church uh first assembly and city church um and then something happened uh drivers and whatnot again and i was able to start coming to pioneer for like four months straight and it was like my friend even told me he was like man aaron every sunday you're not here shell's not here and we weren't planning it but every but almost every sunday i was there and shell was there too so it 
it's just the little sweet things like that. Um, how that God uses just to show you, you know, what he wants to show you in life, where he's taking you, what he has planned for you. Um, and that was just one of those sweet things. And it was just like, man, like I've been praying for this woman like all year long. Like, and I and God made it very clear and very blatant. Like, look, mm-hmm. here she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right over here, y'all. Yep. <laughs> so one of the ways that um, we like to She'll end our. She she don't want to admit it, but I'll be I'll be catching her when I was going up to church. She'd be checking me out. So one of the ways that we like to end <laughs> our podcast is with a coaching moment. Coaching moment. And so um, for this coaching moment, I'm just thinking about the person who comes to us and who says, like, man, I really want to work on my relationship with God. Like, I don't feel like I'm close to God. I feel like there are things that. I should be or could be doing differently or be better at to cultivate my relationship with God. I really want to work on that. One of the first things that I would ask would be, what does your community look like? Um, Oftentimes people say that they, you know, want to work on their relationship with God, but they're not even surrounding themselves with godly people. They're trying to do it alone or surrounded by people that aren't the people who can help them or people that are contradicting, you know, what they're trying to do. I yeah. And so if you are someone who's saying that, who's saying like, man, I want to re- work on my relationship with God. That's a good question to reflect on. Well, let me start with what does my community look like? Am I surrounding myself with people that are going to help me get to that goal? And if not, the next question is what's my first step? You said some in your testimony, uh, it stands out to me right here. You know, it's not about just hanging out with good people, but hanging out with godly people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There, There's a vast difference between the two. So, yeah, what's my community look like? And if and if I don't, if I identify that I'm not surrounded by community that can help me in this area, what's my next step towards getting to community that can help me? Um, in this area, we do have a group coaching program that's specifically focused on discipleship. And so um, that is a seven ish, eight ish, depending on how we feel in week program seven. where we um, walk you through some scriptures that we think are just key and impactful each week around different areas and how to make Jesus Lord of your life. So if that's something that you think you would be interested in hearing more about you can definitely reach out contact at a radical relationship.com and we can chat at a radical relationship.com <laughs> and we can chat a little bit more about that and so that's us in under an hour maybe under 45 minutes i don't know um that's us in a nutshell because i tell you i can I got stories. (laughs) I got stories. We're going to have to get into some of those stories (laughs) on the podcast for sure. So, again, hope some of that resonated with y'all. Until next time, folks, we are out. Peace. Bye, y'all. Did you know that money isn't the only way that you can support an organization? A review goes a long way. If this podcast helped you in any way or you just want to support us because, you know, we're your people, then help us spread the word. Let the world know that you're rocking with us and you think they should, too. Share the podcast, leave a review, follow us on Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube channel, hop into the Facebook group, you know, whatever suits you. 
Until next time, folks, we are out. Bye, y'all.